Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, October 21st, and this is your FT News Briefing. The U.S. and U.K. are accusing Russian hackers of masquerading as Iranian hackers. The CEO of Standard Chartered is ready to take a pay cut. And FT contributor Jason Kirby joins me from Toronto, where Canadians will vote in the general election today. But first, Boris Johnson's Brexit plan stalled over the weekend. Our political editor, George Parker, explains what will happen next. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. This is George Parker, the political editor of the Financial Times, reporting after a weekend which saw Boris Johnson's hopes of a Brexit breakthrough dashed in the House of Commons. We were building up to what people were calling Super Saturday, but in the end, MPs did what they do best, which is they kicked the can further down the road. So now the action moves on to the House of Commons again this week, starting on Monday, when the government's effectively going to try and have a rerun of the vote they lost on Saturday. There's a question mark about whether the Speaker of the House of Commons, John Burko, will allow that. I rather suspect he won't. And then we move on to Tuesday, which I think could become the really crunch day for Brexit this week, where the government introduced its legislation needed to implement Brexit, the so-called Withdrawal Agreement Bill, for its second reading. And that's the moment when MPs will have a chance to give their views in principle on the deal that Boris Johnson has struck in Brussels this month. The vote is going to be extremely tight. According to the Financial Times analysis of this, which takes account of what MPs have said in the past and the way they voted in the past, we think Boris Johnson could just win that vote, possibly by a margin as small as five. And if that happens, we move ahead with the legislation with a chance for opposition parties to try to amend the legislation as it goes through Parliament. Two big amendments to watch out for. The first one, an attempt to require the Prime Minister to keep Britain inside the customs union to limit what people see as the economic damage that Brexit may cause the British economy. And the second one, the really most important one of all, a question about whether a referendum might be inserted into the legislation requiring Boris Johnson to put any final package back to the British people in a referendum. Russian hackers have been pretending to be Iranian hackers while carrying out attacks in more than 35 countries. That's according to the findings of a joint U.K. and U.S. investigation. The U.K.'s National Cybersecurity Center teamed up with the United States National Security Agency. They found that the Iranian group Oil Rig probably didn't know its methods had been hacked by Russians. Officials say that the Turla group, which has been linked with Russian intelligence, carried out the attacks while pretending to be oil rig. Targets included military establishments, government departments, scientific organizations, and universities across the world, but mainly in the Middle East. It's apparently very difficult to masquerade as another hacking entity, and the NCSC says they've never seen it done to this level of sophistication. Russia's government has consistently denied its behind hacking attempts on other states. And earlier this year, President Vladimir Putin told the FT that allegations that Russia attempted to influence the 2016 U.S. election were quote-unquote mythical. And after pressure from investors, Standard Chartered's chief executive will take a pay cut. Sources told the FT that Bill Winters is expected to make the announcement later this year or early in 2020. It will follow a six-month consultation period with shareholders. Shareholders held a protest vote in May when nearly 40% refused to back the British bank's remuneration policy. It included a £474,000 pension allowance for the chief executive. 
In response, Mr. Winters called investors immature. He would need to take a 50% hit to his pension allowance in order for it to fall in line with the Investment Association's recommendations. And it could put pressure on other bank executives to follow suit. And here's a closer look at one of the day's top stories. Canadians will head to the ballot box today in the country's general election. And things are looking shaky for Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party majority. Part of that potential slip is thanks to the lack of trust in the Canadian Prime Minister. The former drama teacher swept to power in 2015, repeating his catchphrase, Sunny ways, my friends. Sunny ways. He built a cabinet split 50-50 men and women. Because it's 2015. (laughs) And he opened Canada's borders to Syrian refugees. But a series of scandals in the years since have come to haunt Mr. Trudeau, such as when the prime minister had tried to press his former attorney general to cut a deal with SNC-Lavalin so that the Quebec engineering group could avoid corruption charges. FT contributor Jason Kirby talked to me from Toronto about the prime minister's fall from grace. Well, he came in on an extreme high in Canadians, and he enjoyed a, a honeymoon with the Canadian media and the international media, especially for a, a couple of years. But things, you know, reality started to settle in. He broke a, a promise on kind of reforming Canada's electoral system. That is a, a broken promise that continues to be something I hear about all the time uh, from progressive voters on the left. But then you also had a series of Real mistakes that Trudeau's done. He took a vacation paid for uh, by the Aga Khan, the billionaire Aga Khan, the leader of the world's Ismaili Muslims. For that, the ethics commissioner in Canada said that he broke multiple conflict of interest rules. The SNC-Lavalin controversy came along. That cost him two very high-profile cabinet ministers. There was the trip that he took to India, kind of this eight-day dressed in really colorful outfits with his wife and kids and People here were, frankly, very embarrassed by it. Most recently, uh, we had the revelations uh, in the second week of the campaign that Mr. Trudeau wore blackface as recently as 2001. It just really tarnished uh, a lot of the things that Mr. Trudeau has said about tolerance and, and openness. So do walk me through what are the possible outcomes that Canadians are looking at. Just walk me through that. Sure. Well, the liberal majority is the is the first one. A month ago, that seemed like a real possibility. A year ago, it seemed like an inevitability. So that's kind of where we've, you know, what the arc has been like. The next step is some sort of minority government where no party wins enough seats to form a majority and the liberals could form a minority. And in that kind of situation, it would be likely that the NDP would support the liberal government with a set of conditions of policies that they would want to see. Right. Canada's leftist party. The other option is that the Conservatives could come away with the larger number of seats still in a minority. That is a tougher situation because it's not entirely sure who would support them and who would back that the government in that case. So Jason, what is the general mood among voters right now? I, I guess the, te- the tenor of this election campaign has been very negative and people just want it over. <laughs> There's been no big ideas. It's it's all like small ideas and loud insults and mudslinging and bitterness. And it's been a real slog for people to, to go through. And, and uh, there's definitely a sense of weariness on the part of Canadian voters. 
Well, then that, that's actually a really good point. Does that mean that that kind of atmosphere will affect the way that people vote? Well, it could. The biggest risk for the liberals is that turnout. The conservatives didn't actually you know, get any fewer votes than they had the previous election. What was different was that Trudeau just got out so many more. If he is not able to excite voters and, you know, inspire them to vote again like he did in 2015, then A, you have the conservatives who have an older, more um, reliable voter base. And then you also are more likely to see that split on the left. If they're not really all that inspired to vote uh, Trudeau to, in record numbers, they're more likely to stroll on over to the NDP or the Green Party and, and support them and, and lead to that split. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.